0: You have the relationship with the people and you've got the trust with, with the people you're doing business with, then they're going to be a lot more likely to, to do business with you.
1: Welcome to the Be Epic Podcast, brought to you by the Sam M. Walton College of Business at the University of Arkansas. I'm your host, Brent Williams. Together, we'll explore the dynamic landscape of business and uncover the strategies, insights, and stories that drive business today. Well today I have with me John Connor Jr. Uh, John is with Holden Connor Company and uh, is a member of the Walton College Dean's Executive Advisory Board and most importantly for this particular podcast is a member of the 2024 Arkansas Business Hall of Fame class. John, congratulations on being uh, elected into the Hall of Fame.
0: Thank you, Brent. It's quite an honor for myself and my family and uh, certainly do appreciate it. The
1: well, certainly the confidence a div-
0: that, that the selection committee has shown in me and my family.
1: Well, certainly uh, I think was uh, a pretty obvious case uh, what you've done in business, and particularly you've done it all in Arkansas, uh, based out of Arkansas, um, was was quite the compelling case. Uh, I want to get to your story, really uh, of building your businesses, primarily in agriculture. Uh, But first, uh, let me start with the U of A and the Walton College, if I can. Uh, Your family has a really, really long history at the University of Arkansas, and that's been really important to you.
0: Yes, it has, and, and I'm very thankful to have been able to go to university. I love University of Arkansas. My grandmother graduated here in 1918 class. My dad graduated in 1947 i graduated in 1970 my son graduated in 1994 and my granddaughter graduated in 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 2022 hmm. so we have five five generations uh
1: there that's pretty unusual uh, um there's not many families in this state i don't think that that can say that um and you know what's kind of special here right is to walk around this campus and get to see names on the sidewalks of all your of all your family members
0: yes uh, Brent that's one of my goals I came up in the 50s with my uh, my parents to a Razorback games and hmm. and I saw those names saw my dad's name on there my grandmothers and I want to be on that walk uh, and I was able to accomplish that and then my brother and sister also graduated here too uh, oh. shortly after I did well
1: John most people probably don't know this i don't know why they would but one thing we have in common is uh is growing up in the same uh, town newport uh over in northeast arkansas and uh for those of you that don't know uh newport's a a small town uh, a small town in the arkansas delta and it's pretty easy to be pretty tightly connected and here's one thing i remember knowing about you growing up i can remember. Uh, the one thing I've always known and my, my dad actually told me this, you know, years and years ago, um, of just how hard you worked. Uh and it seems to me like hard work has really kind of been kind of the core of who you are and how you've built the company and, and the people around you.
0: Well, I wanna think I worked hard, but I probably could have worked harder, but I grew up with my granddad and my dad working hard and I saw that and, and I started working there on a the farm when I was in high school for a real job. (laughs) And I liked it and I came here to Fayetteville and I decided to go back home and work with my family. And that's when I got out of university in 1970. I went back and started uh, working with my dad and my granddad started farming then.
1: And if I remember your story right, uh, your your family at that time was farming seven, 8,000 acres uh, of, of farmland, probably primarily in Jackson County. Um, and then I think slowly over time, that's one place you focused a lot of your career was on the development of, of land in that area.
0: Yes. When I came back there, my family had about 8,000 acres and as I like to say, my granddad left me a little bit of seed corn to get started on, and and so I started learning how to farm and farming and and uh, and I, I started purchasing properties there in '72, and uh, bought the first property there in '72 it was 520 acres, and and then I just kept buying property and kept buying property and. Uh, and it worked out and we farmed part of it for a while and then we rented part of it out and to this, at this point in time, we're renting it all out to other producers. We got several tenants that farm uh, rice, soybeans, corn, wheat, cotton. Hmm.
1: Well, John, I think, you know, knowing how to, I guess, buy the right properties and know how to invest in those properties and, and develop those properties Uh, takes a a great deal of expertise. Um, It seems like it's something you've studied pretty carefully.
0: Well, I realized it after we went through that drought in 1980, which was brutal for most people in agriculture, we didn't have the irrigation in eastern Arkansas we have today. Mm -hmm. I realized that it was gonna be necessary to improve these farms. And so during the 80s, we started a leveling program and improvement program. And we started grading our property and we've, uh, we've got irrigation uh, on about every 80 acres. We've got a well, yeah. and we've got it where the people that are farming it are able to count on making a crop because they know they got water and they got drainage and, and they got the things it takes to to make make a good crop and make a good living.
1: Well, you know, you kind of, alluded to this, but, you know, you mentioned 1980 drought, which was pretty well known to be pretty, pretty devastating in many ways. Um, agriculture, row crop in in general, um, usually has some pretty big swings in, in the cycle. And you've, I guess over a 50 year period, you've seen lots of those swings.
0: I have. And of course, 80 was a 80 and then during up till about 85, six or seven, it was extremely difficult. We were having 20% interest rates, high crop loan rates to borrow. But at that time I was farming and then they changed the farm programs up to where it had payment limitations so I just ran my ground out and, and quit farming
1: myself.
0: And, uh, uh, and then in the 90s we had some difficult times and then in the 2000s. But it, agriculture's always been a cycle and uh, uh, we've just Thank goodness, been out where the storms.
1: Well, and you know, I guess you've while we've we've primarily talked about you know your land holdings at this point and what you've built over over this period, um, but at some point, you know, you started to, to broaden out and and to go out into other industries that were connected to agriculture, and the um, the agricultural equipment. Industry, uh, John Deere dealerships is has been a big part of your story as well. When when did you uh, acquire your first Greenway
0: dealership? We in '88. Okay, is when we had the first dealership there at Newport, and uh, we operated that for a while. and And then in the um, middle to late '90s, we bought three more stores and then Deere was changing their philosophy from being a one or two store operation to going what they call the Dealer of Tomorrow operations, mm-hmm. where they put several stores together. And they've, they've allowed us to expand our franchise and grow to the footprint we have today. And, and the reason that, that that footprint's important is because having these stores, we can afford to have the uh, the better technicians, the, the better uh, parts people, the better AMS people that work with the uh, technology we have today, work with our farmers. And so by having that scale, we're able to give our customers better service and hopefully have a better place for our employees to work and, and a better environment for, for everybody concerned.
1: And that's grown to how many dealerships? Uh, we
0: have 32 open at this time.
1: And that's Arkansas, Arkansas Mississippi, Missouri.
0: Arkansas, Missouri, where our John Deere stores in Arkansas and Missouri.
1: Okay. Um, what has, you know, so, you know, started in 1988 with that and, and grown to 32 stores. You know, what have you seen as you, have you built that business? Um, kind of maybe, you know, kind of the ups and downs of, of that
0: business as well. Well, uh, when we started expanding in the late 90s, we decided to, to go with some more professional type management. Marshall Stewart came in with us and he was a store manager for a while. Then he then he became the general manager over everything and he's a partner with me in the, in the Greenway Equipment Company now. Yeah. He, he's the th- thing that we were able to do with getting a scale. We're, we were not only able to get better people to help our customers and our farmers. We were able to get better management people. we were able to build a team, and mm-hmm. and and we want to think we got the best managed deer operation in the entire deer system. And and hopefully we're giving the best service and, and to our customers mm-hmm. and the best value for what they got, what they are using.
1: In, in terms of you know your scale in Greenway, it's it's one of the top. Franchises in the country, if I'm not mistaken. Y- yes, um, you know. So, Land uh, Greenway, and maybe more recently, you've started to expand into some other businesses as well. Well,
0: about uh, seven, about ten, twelve years ago, uh, Marshall and I bought a small fuel company in Jackson County, Farmers Oil, together. Mm-hmm. And we operated that for a while. And then I'd been friends with a man named Solon Scott that do Scott Petroleum, it, it'll been in a Mississippi. And he called me up one day and says, won't you come down here and buy this? He said, I'm, my family wants me to sell it. My age is 84 years old and I need to do something. So we went down there and talked to him and, and uh, we worked out something and we expanded into Mississippi, Louisiana, and Arkansas with the fuel business which was separate than the Newport Jackson mm-hmm. County operation. And we've since then combined them and bought some other fuel companies that are uh, in central, south central Stuttgart area and then northern, the northeast Louisiana part and then also here in northwest Arkansas mm-hmm. with Anderson uh, propane.
1: I assume with, you know, so petroleum business, uh, we haven't talked about, it. I think you've got a construction company, um, you've, you've got land, you got the the Greenway Equipment Company, all are pretty adjacent to agriculture, and I assume that, that there's some synergy across those?
0: Yes, we had uh, uh, done business with the Frank A. Rogers company uh, in Newport for, my dad had, and, and I had since I'd been back there built, built uh, commercial buildings, far as shop buildings, far as grain bins, far as and various under construction projects, and the uh, people that owned it, were, were the Scoggins family, had uh, decided to divest of it and sell it, and so Marshall and I bought that, and we've we're running that now as a separate independent business and. Actually, we got a U of A graduate, That's right. Taylor Maherg, running that business now, and doing a really good job, and and uh, it's been a good a good operation for us.
1: Absolutely. Um, well, you know, as you've built this company, these companies uh, might be the better way to say it over the last fifty years. Um, you know, being in Northeast Arkansas, how did you know finding capital to do that? you know, um, is, you know, probably an art uh, of its own. You, you probably know every banker in the state, if I had to guess.
0: That's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> I've probably been in as many banks as about anybody, you know, and you just, it, it's a, it's land, the land business is a very capital intense business and it takes a significant amount of capital. And then when you start improvement work, that takes a whole lot more capital, mm-hmm. and so so yes, I was always cash short and capital short, and looking for money every day, seven days a week, a lot, quite quite for many 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 years, and it it's you you've just got to establish the relationship with your bankers, and you got to do what you say you you're going mm-hmm. to do, and and get the track record to where you have the Relationship where they believe in what you're going to do, and they go along with you. I've had uh, several bankers that believed in me, and I've got the a, a good team and a good organization. And mm-hmm. I couldn't have done all the things I've been able to accomplish without the team I've gotten and, and and all the the people from uh, the top to the bottom who've helped me do this. And and then also I've had many bankers that believed in me and were re- And and uh, have been a big help in getting it done, and many suppliers that have been uh, helpful there when I needed it Mm -hmm. to uh, get my farms improved or make the uh, uh, needed adjustments where we needed to make them. And so it's it's been a uh, it's it's been a long journey, and it's. it's just because I had a lot of good people, and the organization and the team been there to help me
1: well, i I'm sure all that's true. I think I think some vision and leadership on your part uh, was also in that mix. And you know it it can't be understated that the the power of relationships uh, to to fuel business. And it doesn't matter if you're in finance or supply chain or agriculture um, to really grow successful companies it takes great teams and it great takes great external relationships
0: i think you're exactly right and i think that sometimes people don't don't put enough emphasis and enough importance on the relationship with different people because if you have the relationship with the people and you got the trust with with mm-hmm. the people you're doing business with then they're going to be a lot more likely to to do business with you and it's just When you're in an extremely capital-intensive business like the equipment business is and the farming business is and and you know Pretty much a fuel business is too Because if you go from two dollar fifty cent fuel to five dollar fuel It just takes a lot more capital. So Mm -hmm. so you've got to have relationships to have uh, Have your credits worked out? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, you know kind of pivoting on relationships just a little bit. I know I know family is, is one thing that's that's pretty important to you, and uh, I think you you know, few uh, the the younger generations uh, are, st- are starting to get involved in your business. I know which is which has got to be really exciting.
0: Yes, my granddaughter graduated in uh, tw- uh, 22 with an accounting degree here from the University of Arkansas, and uh, she came back this past April and started working with me and, and uh i was glad to have her in the business now i've got a, a family member that's involved in the business and uh so far she says she likes it and i glad she came back so i think it's working well
1: well i know personally that she's quite bright and uh was glad to see her join the company and uh, apply the skills that she's gotten in the Walton college not too long ago and and start applying those in, in the business. You know, John, as you're just looking forward, as you're looking forward to kind of at your, at your industry, um, what are, what do you think's coming in in agriculture? What's the, what's the change that sort of has you interested and
0: and excited? Well, we seem to still continue to have more consolidation Hmm. and, uh, I guess that's good and bad, really. You you don't have as many small family farmers as you once had by any means. S- some of these guys are getting so big that uh, it's it's hard to manage these large large operations on a uh, tenant basis when they're when they're running these large operations, and so th- there'll be some challenges going forward. And as we have more consolidation. Uh, it's going to change this industry. I uh, just don't know how it's going to look in another 50 years. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I, I do I do know that some of the recipes will look different, but some of the things that won't change is, is, is needing um, really smart people. You know, back to that, like the right teams and the right relationships will still, that won't change.
0: Yes. You know, uh, talking about the changes we've had, John Deere's developed a sprayer that will go through the field at normal speed and pick out a particular weed you don't want and spray that one plant hmm. and not spray the rest of it. So hmm. our technology's changed so much, and it, yeah. it'll be changing more. But that's just one example of, of a pretty significant change that we've seen. And uh, so we're going to see more and more probably at a, at a more faster clip than we've seen in the past.
1: Yeah, technol- you're right, technology um, is ooh, uh, moving really fast, I think particularly in agriculture. I'd say some of the challenges workforce-wise is, you know, having, uh, having people prepared and, and able to operate and, and deal with that technology.
0: Yes, yes, and you'll probably wind up uh, having a better trained workforce in a not-too-distant future. Mm-hmm. To run some of this equipment, you're talking about many of these pieces of agricultural machinery today are six hundred to a million dollars, and so you you need people who are more skilled probably to run these machines. Mm-hmm. And uh, not, not taking anything away from people we've had in the past, it's just they're becoming more and more technical.
1: Yeah. Well. You know, John, kind of, kind of wrapping up a little bit, um, just kind of looking back. You know, I mean, any it is if you were talking to the future entrepreneurs, which you do, you know, when you're when you're here on campus with us, any advice for them?
0: Well, there's not anything; that takes a place of hard work, hmm. and then probably the other things helped me as much as anything has been persistence hmm. it's uh, you can't give up talking about those bankers a while ago if you if you get a no here just go across the street until, the, until you get a yes somewhere maybe next town or two towns down or something But <laughs> you can't give up don't ever give up
1: the hard work and persistence uh,
0: Uh, probably served me fairly well
1: yeah well I I can say that it has and and I can say um, as the Walton College won first uh, we are uh, really proud uh, of the career that you've had the companies you've built and we're thankful you're an alum and that you've stayed engaged so thank you for serving on the Dean's Executive Advisory Board I appreciate that for sure Um, and then more broadly just congratulations on being recognized uh, in this state um, as one of the leading business people, you know, throughout its history. I think uh, this year's class will be the 25th class uh, inducted into the Arkansas Business Hall of Fame. I think that'll be in total about 100 people Uh, and to be one of those 100 is it's truly quite an honor. So congratulations.
0: Well, thank you, And I do feel very honored and it's just a uh, a big honor for myself as well as my family and and it's probably more recognition and than, than we're due or entitled to. We've just been hard working people and tried to do the things we thought were right for our family and our community and our employees and our team and our associates and, and that's what we want to do and moving forward and have a good strong organization.
1: We well, certainly made a big impact on this state, this university Uh, I look forward to seeing everybody on February 16th.
0: We're looking forward to it, and we'll be there. Thanks, John. Thank you, Brent.
1: On behalf of the Walton College, thank you for joining us for this captivating conversation. To stay connected and never miss an episode, simply search for Be Epic on your preferred podcast service.